You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode number 18, Superman on the High Seas. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Steven. And a thousand miles over there to my right is another host, Mr. Ed Moore. Howdy. Oh, howdy. <laughs> that was that was just perfect. Let, Ed, let me ask you a question. Okay. How much do you pay for a gallon of milk in your, in your part of the country? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. $4.10. Wow. I think is rather exorbitant. Yeah, we, I think ours, uh, is about three. Well, if you're going name brand, yeah, it's probably about that much. But if you're going store brand, it's about. 370 a gallon around here. The cow don't know no different. What right? What, yeah. You know, it, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Reason I, I bring it up is um, for those of you watching live, we were 30 minutes late tonight. And it's because we had run out of milk. And I had driven into the uh, next town over, which is three minutes away uh, to the to the little local store to pick up a gallon of milk. And I go in there to find there's no milk. Their, their coolers are bare. So there's two small convenience stores in that town as well. I go to one. They don't even carry milk. I go to the other, and all they have are half gallons. And I ended up, they were $3.69 per half gallon. I paid over $8 after tax for a gallon of milk tonight, and I'm not happy about it. But right. I am very much one of the, I, I have to, I have to have a glass of milk before bed. Oh, I just have to. You do what you got to do. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's not right, and you can bitch and moan about it, but food is like gasoline. You you got to get it, and you got to get it. That's I, you you have no choice. So you know that's why, even though the prices for these things may be, in my estimation, too high, I, I don't even try to complain about it because I honestly, I have no choice. My, my choice yeah. has been made to do it. And yep. it's like, okay, well, if that's the cost of doing it, then there we go. <laughs> yeah. Terry says that you guys shop at Kroger. At Kroger. Yeah. That's, that's where we do most yeah. of our we, shopping. And Doug says, wow, convenience store markup is real. Yeah. You're paying for the convenience. That's yeah. But we have a, we have a, a Kroger branded store. Over in Lawrence, it's Dylan's. That's what they. Okay. Yeah. But it's a I've Kroger Dylan's. Yeah. We'll go there. We'll go there often. But um, yeah. So was on a well, quest for milk tonight, and that's why I was delayed. Did, did you accomplish your quest? Yeah, I paid over eight dollars oh. for a gallon. Okay. Well, there you <laughs> go. But milk yeah. is the one thing, one of the things that I'm not supposed to have on this diet. I oh. can use it when I cook. But I'm not supposed to just drink milk. But oh, well, again, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> look, and, you you have to be able to sustain the diet. Yeah, and and so that's why you have to be allowed to make exceptions because if not, you won't be able to sustain nothing. I can't have this. I can't have that. Well, don't worry yeah. because you won't keep at that very yeah. long. <laughs> it might, you, you know. know, my doctor's cool with it. She she understands. Uh, yeah. because, you know, I there's. You know, I've cut out so much. Right. But right. Um, it's the milk thing is is more psychological than anything else. That's, and I distinctly remember one night uh, last year, I think it was, where I was getting ready for bed 
and I open up the fridge and there's no milk. It's like, oh. y'all ran us out of milk and you didn't tell me. So I had to throw some clothes Did back you on go and out? get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to, I tried to handle it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to bed without milk. And I just, the thought of it just got me all jittery. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, I, and we live in a, in a, in a super small town and the That's town funny. over where I went tonight, they, everything over there closes down at like nine 30. So okay. this was like 10 30. So I had to drive the, the, the 20 minutes into Lawrence. To get <laughs> You're going to milk. big town. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they still have sidewalks out, but I'm always, I'm always interested how, you know, how much everybody pays for a gallon of milk in various areas of the country. Did you have some more feedback that you were going to throw out? Um, no. Oh, okay. I, 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 I thought there was more feedback by the way you said that last episode. No. No. Okay. Now I just had more banter stuff and one more of them ba- was your milk banter. Talking about the milk, yeah. Yep, yep. Does the body good? It does. Does the body big too. All right. Banter complete. Complete. Chung chung. Chuck. <laughs> okay, so Today, we're looking at a story called Superman on the High Seas. It appeared in Action Comics number 15. The writer of this story was Jerry Siegel. Uh, Paul Cassidy did pencils and inks, according to the sources that we can find. Um, Action Comics number 15 was, of course, published by DC Comics. It's got a cover date of August 1939. And according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, an approximate sale date of June 29th, 1939. Oh, that's, so, that's barely. That's almost yeah. the same month. Yeah, practically. So let me tell you what happened. Clark Kent is sent to Kid Town to write a story about it. He interviews the man responsible for creating Kid Town, a place where underprivileged boys are sent in order to have a chance to rehabilitate themselves and stay away from crime. During the interview, the man in charge of Kid Town says he is in deep debt and must pay off $2 million in two weeks in order to keep the town alive. After the interview, Clark Kent decides that he will raise the money himself, but ponders how he will do it. He already has a million dollars from when he sold his oil stock back in the the black gold swindle issue. Um, Talk about that in a bit. Uh, Within minutes, Clark stops two men who robbed a bank and is given $5,000 as a reward for stopping them. Later, a wealthy man is walking behind Clark, pondering what to do with his wealth. Suddenly, a car loses control and hits a tree near Clark and the wealthy man, and the tree crashes on top of both of the men trapping them. Still, as Clark, Superman lifts the tree off the man, and he is given $10,000 for saving him. Back at the Daily Star, Clark is sent to interview well-known explorer Warren Kenyon, who just had returned from a treasure hunt. Kenyon shows Clark a treasure map that marks the spot of a sunken Spanish galleon in the middle of the ocean. It is embedded in coral, which makes it impossible to blast through, but the ship has about a million dollars of gold in it. After Clark returns from his interview and prints the story about Warren Kenyon and the sunken treasure, he takes a two-week vacation and plans to get the gold himself. Big Boy Cheney reads about the treasure and plans to go after it. Another gang headed by Marchetti also has the same idea after reading the article and sends Muggsy to keep tabs on Clark Kent. Muggsy learns that Clark is going to take a vacation and follows him to a shipping office where Clark is renting a boat called the Dragon. That's a long synopsis. Marchetti and his henchmen decide to knock out the sailors looking for work in order to be hired by Clark on his expedition. 
Meanwhile, Big Boy's mob steals the D-11 government submarine, and they head toward the sunken treasure. The dragon has arrived at the spot of the treasure, and Clark is lowered into the ocean in a diving bell. After Clark tells the crew he has found it, Muggsy cuts off Clark's oxygen tube. Assuming that Clark has died, the crew bring the diving bell up and find that Clark is gone, and there's a hole in the diving bell. Clark had escaped moments before and has changed into Superman. After fighting off multiple sharks, <laughs> Superman tears through the coral and finds dead sailors and the gold. The stolen D-11 has arrived. And they send two men to explore the ship to take the treasure. Hiding, Superman dresses as one of the dead so sailors and scares the men into believing that ghosts are after them. As the D-11 is fleeing, Superman breaks off their propellers and throws them up towards a battleship that is searching for the stolen submarine. Superman dresses back as Clark Kent and his crew finds him and takes him back into the ship. Clark finds that his oxygen tube was cut off and decides to take a nap without a worry, since he is Superman. The crew sneaks into Clark's cabin and stabs him with a knife while he sleeps. As the knife breaks, Clark jumps up and beats the crew up and calls the authorities to arrest the men. The next day, an anonymous donor has donated $2 million to Kid Town and has saved it. Ed. That was a big synopsis. What did you think it of this, was. this story? First of all, I have to say, with no planning, this week is Discovery Channel's Shark Week. We have hit the theme. Fun. There you go. I, you know, it's it's kind of tough to do superhero comics and, and squeeze into a shark-themed week, but we managed to do it. Here it is. Now, That's when good. the podcast comes out, it'll be after. But right now, as we're talking, we're in the middle of Shark Week. So yeah. there, there's our offering for Shark Week. Thank you. Thank you. Um, brings to mind when I was growing up, um, we were always threatened as juveniles. If we went bad, we would go to a place called Pruny Town, which was in the northern part of the state. Uh, I'm, I would imagine every state has yeah. those stories, legends, whatever, of the juvenile male correctional institute that you get sent to. In West Virginia, it was Pruny Town. So I, I assume that this is very similar to that, although it's not. Kid Town is not for punishment per se, the way this reads, but it could be. And so, yeah, immediately, um, Pruny Town's been closed for about 20 years now. I think they just sent them to regular jail. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, okay. Um, I got kind of a problem with Superman taking um, rewards. It, it kind of goes against that Ma and Pa raising. Yeah. A, Superman today would not. No, no, no. No need to thank me. You know, it, it, you know it, it, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the right thing for a price. I mean, granted, he's taking the reward so he can use it to save kids town. So we don't know if, you know, had that not, not been the case. The question is, would he have accepted that reward? I think he would have. I, I, I don't know. The, you know. I, mean, I think he still would have taken the money and then just added it to the million that he's been holding on to. Ends means kind of issue there with, you know, taking, yep. you know, so uh, that aside, it, it's obvious by the way that the story progresses, um, why that is even happening. I mean, he has never, uh, as far as we know, he has never been offered a reward before yeah. in yeah. any strip at all. Yep. Yep. That money was money that he, as Clark Kent invested and made bank on as, you know, Writing a wrong, but which he would have anyway. It was an investment like any yeah. human being would invest. So 
that's that's a that's a different kind of thing. But yeah, the, every time the reward came up, I'm like, oh, super Superman taking a reward? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I do like the the gentleman that has so much money, literally, that he says he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I'm thinking, dog, let me help. Right. You know, I I can. It's a, yep. Uh, I can. Know, I I have some ideas. Yes. Yes. We we <laughs> can talk, and we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll come up with something for you to do with your money. That that's not a problem. And he actually says, I mean that that okay. First of all, you have these two super coincidences. Yeah. Clark leaves this interview thinking, hmm, I got to try to raise this money, and boom, bank robbery gets a reward. <laughs> right. And then as he's walking away from that, this. It, what is it? Panel 16. The guy just is walking behind him and he's thinking to himself, how strange life is here. I have so much money. I don't know what to do with it all. And my existence bores me. Wow. Okay. Wow. Indeed. This is in 1939. This is like first world problems right here. Yeah, boy, right. This is, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. His existence um, bores him. How, how many years ago? And, and we have an example of first world problems. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> so go ahead well i was just i made a lot of notes i made many more notes for this one that i did any of the other two stories we're talking about tonight go right ahead then um i'll say that i enjoyed the crap out of this story and it had a lot of moments that had me laughing or scratching my head (laughs) um panel two when the chief uh tells clark that he wants him to to go interview the uh, the guy from Kid Town, Clark's reaction is, say, that is a good idea. I, I, I don't know why that made me laugh, but it, it just well, it, it just it, it makes Clark sound like a real suck up. That it, it? kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're awful enthusiastic, dog. What, it's, uh, what? We've all seen Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail, right? Or we should have. If, yeah, if you haven't stopped. And go watch it. Go, but there's yeah. the moment in the movie when God shows up and tells Arthur that he ha- he wants to give him a quest. And Arthur goes, that's a good idea. And God's just like, oh, of course, it's a good idea. But it, it makes me think of that. You know, it's like this. You know, Clark just seems like a real suck up in that panel. That's a great idea, boss. Um, yeah. That's something Jimmy Olsen would say. Right. <laughs> Uh, panel 11, when he, uh, stops the bank robbery, the, he, the, the, one of the bad guys, uh, shoots him in the chest and Clark's response is bullets. Ha, I eat them for breakfast. And then, uh, commences to, to kick in their butts. That was funny. Yeah. He's, um, he's been getting pretty, pretty snotty about his invulnerability here. Like, yeah, he's pretty cocky about it, it isn't it? Yeah. Isn't yeah, it is. At this um, point, I'm always I'm, I, I keep thinking you wait until green kryptonite dog and we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, and look, at all... if, you, if you're looking at the panel, just look at him. He's, he's standing there with his kind of his chest out and his hands are in his pocket. I mean, he looks he's just casually just chilling, pulling ah. his jacket back, you know, yeah. pulling his jacket back because it's behind his hands that are in his pocket. Yep. He's just like yep. bullets. Ha. Very funny. Wow, dog. OK. Um, I already mentioned the the rich guy whose existence bores him, <laughs> but. One thing that was really odd about that encounter, um, panel 22, when the, the, the tree is on top of the guy and Clark says, I can't let him die, but if I display super strength, it may give away my true identity as Superman, which just moments before he didn't seem to care about when he let a bad guy shoot him in the chest. 
and well, that's laugh because the bad guy's going to be arrested. And then when he tells people who's going to believe him, but uh, yeah. if he's out in public yeah. and somebody just sees, that's kind of different. I mean, you know, yeah, but it's, it's not the first moment. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the other moment in this book, when he displays his superpowers again, uh, not as Superman, it's, it's in front of criminals again as well. So yeah. Right. That's, yeah. So, you know, they're going to be telling the police. Yeah. But, but, but they're not going to believe him. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, skip forward to panel panels 43 and 44. So Clark has hired this ship and he needs to hire a crew and the, the, the mob guys show up and beat up the sailors and the sailors run off. And that's when Clark walks up to the mob guys and says, you men, <clears throat> your men will do on board. And it makes me feel like Clark was just standing there watching this happen and just seeing who would win? Who's right. going to win this fight? Whoever wins, that's who's going to. I want, my I want the tougher guys. That's who I want <laughs> right. on my crew. Right. Um, we learn in panel sixty-four that Clark can hold his breath for hours underwater. Um, that is handled very kind of nonchalantly. It's almost like, a, oh, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, he can hold his breath for so hours there's, underwater. There's another superpower that that we haven't really seen yet or, or been told about yet. Yeah, and then um, let's see. Panel 68, the note I wrote is read the text box. So let me grab. Okay. So yes, this is during the fight when he, he fights the sharks and the text box describing the fight I thought was just poetry. <clears throat> Flailing, tearing, Superman beats back and destroys the deadly fighters of the sea who fail to pierce his impenetrable skin and evade his crushing metallic grip. Beaten back. The surviving sharks flee. Superman has emerged victorious. Seems kind of silly nowadays that Superman's fighting sharks, but uh, it is Shark Week, so I mean, is, you do what yeah. you got to do to be part, you know. That's right. And That's right. and as you were reading that, I, I heard David Attenborough in my head. <laughs> Right. Right. That's, that's yeah. That's that, you know, yeah. talking about just yeah. take take the word Superman out and put another animal or or yep. just leave it open. And I, I think Attenborough has said that in one of the oceanic uh, things that he's put out. It's yeah, has emerged Victoria. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, just like, that's, yep. It's Attenborough script right there. And then I noted the scene where Superman uh takes the the submarine, grabs a hold of it, stops it from moving, tears off the propeller, and then throws it up to the surface. That is, like we talked about in the last episode, that's another moment where I think they have done a great job showing how uh, how powerful he is and what he can do. I thought it was a... It, it When I read through that sequence, all I could think of was that was pretty awesome, what Superman just did. And it, it's funny because what I thought was he'd be neck deep in the muck at the bottom right. of the ocean from having right. shoved that sub. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some back force on that. But he's like, nah, right. I'm and I'll, I'll admit the, the the panel where he grabs the sub, reaching out, Superman seizes the sub in a grip of steel, preventing it from moving. And my first thought was how he's yeah. in the water. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's grabbing onto something else. He just. But, you know, this is the Superman that would eventually be on the Super Friends and would fly out into space and grab the Earth by its atmosphere and, and push it around. Right. In space. Yeah. So. Uh, OK, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, those are uh, those are the only notes for those. Th- that's the end of my notes. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed 
this story. And I love the, uh, the, the coincidences of him just stumbling into money like that. Right. Um, but this was this for me, this was not a typical action comic story. No. Um, while he is trying to right a wrong, he's not going out there and destroying something. He's not. Right. He, yeah. Um, he's not aggro. Yeah. He's not tearing a building down and is like, you're not going to do this anymore. He's he's, uh, you know, he's he's trying to raise two million dollars in two weeks to, you know, if this was the Blues Brothers, they would be out there. Well, doing a big show in Chicago if, to to save the the church. It was a, if if he were one of the Blues Brothers, he he'd have told everybody that he was on a mission from God. Mission from God. You know. So. Okay, I'm going to segue for a moment here. <laughs> okay. um, I love the Blues Brothers movie. Absolutely, love it. absolutely. And it, it, it was on TV just the other day, and I, I caught the last half of it. The 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 whole car chase at the end when they when they're when they're done at the show and they 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 have to take the money into the yes. Cooks County's assessor's office. That is one of I told my daughter who was who was in the room with me. I said this is one of the single most epic car chases in cinematic history. It's and cool. uh, there when in in the nineties I worked at a comic book store and a, a customer who had come in all the time that was about my age. We got to discussing the at the time, the upcoming uh, convention that was happening in, in Chicago that year. And we just decided, well, let's go. Let's, let's just go this year. And, you know, I was single and could do stuff like that. A half a tank of gas. Yeah. So we go to Chicago. First thing we, we walked around Chicago uh, on one of the days and came to that, that, that area, the, the building where they, they, uh, they run into to pay that fee. Oh, okay. but it was surrounded by construction fencing. So we the couldn't daily building or something like that. Yeah, we couldn't get to it. But I remember literally looking through a knot hole in the in the in the fence and going, holy crap, that's the plaza that they that they all the soldiers converge on and everything. That's the actual place. And then before we left the convention, we well we're leaving, we get together and and uh we're leaving and and I told him I said, check out what I found. And it was a poster of the Blues Brothers sitting on the hood of their car, and oh, it's cool, got yeah. that. We've got a half a bag of cigarettes, a tank full of gas, and the two hundred miles, and blah blah blah. And the the dude that I went with was like, "Oh look!" And he had one too. <laughs> we both found that poster, and nice copies that poster and bought it. So, just as a uh, uh, a tangential, I was born in the state of Illinois, in the county of Cook, in the city of Chicago. Very nice. So I was I was born in Cook County Hospital, which I don't believe they mention in the movie. But yeah, Doug says he loves the Blues Brothers as well. Blues Brothers are awesome. That was it's one a, of the one of the three movies that got me through weekends when uh, I yeah. was in college. I I had three movies on on run all the time, and Blues Brothers was one of. Them. It's a great movie, and it's it's uh, very interesting. It's uh, you know one of the things I like most about the Blues Brothers is just the fact that. Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi. Is it Jim or John? No, I, I, always, uh, I think it's Jim. John. Or uh, yeah, John. I'm yeah, sorry. Jim did the show The World According to Jim. John, Bel J Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi meet on you know working on Saturday Night Live, and they learn that they both have this shared love of that kind of music, and they start jamming together. And then the Lauren Michaels lets them start warming up the crowd, and 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 you know before shows, and then they turn it into into not really a sketch. But live performances on the show that are uh, entertaining and funny, mm -hmm. um, 
And then it becomes this, this wonderful movie. And the fact that they're, you know, Dan Aykroyd's actually playing the harmonica. They're, they're actually singing, you know, a lot of times they, you know, they'd be lip syncing for, you know, somebody else would be doing, you know, the band with the exception of one guy in the movie. And I don't remember which guy it is. The band is the actual band from Saturday Night Live. I because decided. they they tour after the movie. Yeah. They yeah, tour and so, release albums after yep, the movie. I've, so. I, I have one of the uh, a CD of theirs called Briefcase Full of Blues that has yes, one of their live so shows. So do I. Really good. Yeah. 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 Love it. All right. Um, anything you want to bring up about um, this story? I, I just want to keep talking Blues Brothers now. But, um, <laughs> We're going to start a Blues Brothers podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, we could review each episode one song from. Yep. Oh, yeah. That yep. would, we could do um, one of those. You know, I don't know if you listen. I don't. But those podcasts that do like a minute, a minute of a movie yes. at a time. Yep. Yep. A minute of blues. I don't think I could do that. There, there would be the name of the podcast, A Minute yeah. of Blues. Um, <laughs> Doug had that album, too. All right. <laughs> yes. See, there's a reason why we're all here together. I bet that weirdo Chris Parton didn't. I bet he's not even seen the Blues Brothers. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. Gauntlet down. Just like that. Bam. Um, no, no, I don't I don't think there's really anything. Um, I did enjoy um, this quite a bit because of the – it did just <laughs> – to some extent, it just seemed lighter than yes. a lot of the other stories because he 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 wasn't on this crusade necessarily. I mean, he was he was trying to raise money, but he was not on a crusade to right or wrong. And so the whole piece just had a had a different feel to it. I think a lot of levity, um, yep. a lot of and and interestingly enough, though it's been written by the same guy pretty much that's written them all. So that you know the tone really shouldn't be different per se. Yeah. But it, it did seem to have almost like a somebody else wrote this script kind of tonal yeah. difference. And maybe somebody else did. Perhaps so, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you hear the stories how um, Bob Kane is attributed to the art in Detective Comics for I don't know how many years. Right. And a lot yeah. of it is it, people he hired. It, he ghosted so, or he yeah. they ghosted him. He was ghosted, yeah. I guess. Yeah, is the way yeah. that you would put it. He yeah, had this studio of of hired artists that would do a lot of that stuff yeah yep. uh so no no I, I don't think there's really anything else that i wanted to highlight all right um yeah oh i just lost my camera yeah uh now so, i will say that i noticed that too let me try to i'm unplugging it and plugging it back in usually that will turn it back on there we go um but yeah i agree with you uh very different. It was a very different story than, than, than what we're used to. And I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed this. one. Okay. It seemed to be, I don't know. He was underwater. First of all, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, very enjoyable. All right. Let me, let me close this sucker out. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of the Superman super show. If you want to drop us a line, ask us a question or just provide feedback, you can send an email to the Superman super show at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us over on Twitter at Supes Super Show, um, S-U-P-S Super Show. Link will be in the show notes. You can come join us for all the fun over at the forum at forum.justanotherfanboy.com. There is a message board for the Superman Super Show. Come come post. Be 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 part of the 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 forum. I think we're up to 18 members. I, I wanna, Something like I, that, yeah. I want to try to hit 25 by the end of August. That's my goal. So yeah. 
that's it. All the links will be in the show notes. So until next week, I'm Steven, and that's Ed, and this was the Superman Super Show. Ciao. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Suddenly, a car loses control and hits a tree near Clark, and the wealthy man and the tree... Oh, you can't read that wrong. <laughs>